in the year or so uh, that I was struggling between the time God showed me that I was lost and the time that I finally surrendered and uh, gave my heart to Christ, I can remember a few different messages that I heard and some things that I heard along the way. And I was encouraged to pray uh, for a heart of genuine repentance. And, uh, and because I was struggling with that, that really was meaningful to me. And so uh, I did. I asked God, Lord, you know I'm struggling with this. Would you help me to genuinely repent? And, uh, and, and several things uh, that, that I had uh, asked God about in, in, the, in that uh, decision. And finally, God answered that prayer. And, you know, sometimes I, I have people ask me the question, does God ever answer the prayers of lost people? Uh, and I think that was a good example of the fact that I think it certain, in certain cases he does. Uh, and that's just because of his grace. I didn't deserve those answered prayers, but God is good. And uh, sometimes he answers prayers when we don't deserve it. Aren't you glad that that's the case? Um, we need the grace of God, and um, God supplies that grace uh, as we seek it. And so um, this, the, the Israelites here in this scripture uh, are rebelling against God. Uh, this is going to be a pattern in Judges over and over again, but, but they, they spend eight years under the rule of a guy named Cushan Rishathayim. Uh, which means doubly wicked Cushan. And so uh, you, you want to have a ruler like that, right? And so for eight years they're suffering, they're being oppressed by this wicked ruler. But finally they come to the end of themselves and they cry out to God and God sends them a deliverer by the name of Othniel. And, uh, or Othniel. Uh, but uh, he is, is someone that God uses, his spirit comes upon him, and Othniel brings deliverance for the Israelites. And he is the judge that becomes the example for all the other judges because there is not one thing negative said about him. He's also a picture of Jesus Christ because his name means Lion of God. And uh, as such, Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And, uh, and is, he is our Messiah. And so Othniel becomes a picture of Jesus Christ and his saving work. And uh, we know that uh, between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, 500 years passes. No one has heard from God. And when John the Baptist finally arrives on the scene in the New Testament times... Uh, people are amazed and they're excited because they've not heard from God. There's been no prophet other than the regular teaching of the priests at the temple. And so uh, God is reaching down for them and, and it's not as if they deserved it. Because the scripture teaches that uh, by and large the Israelite people rejected the message of Christ and ultimately the leadership put him to death. And so uh, God is reaching out to a people that didn't deserve it. And so the same thing takes place today, and I'm, I'm glad that God does that. However, uh, we as God's people also need to have an attitude of seeking God in repentance because without repentance, 
What happened to the Israelites in the book of Judges could happen to us. We can go down a path of getting farther and farther away from God. So um, we need to seek grace from God to help us or empowerment from God to help us. Um, and so look with me at Judges 3 and verse 7. Time of message is seeking grace from God. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot the Lord their God and worshipped the Baals and Asherahs. The Lord's anger burned against Israel and he sold them to Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram Nahariam. And the Israelites served him eight years. The Israelites cried out to the Lord, so the Lord raised up Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, as a deliverer to save the Israelites. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he judged Israel. Othniel went out to battle, and the Lord handed over Cushan Rishathian, king of Aram, to him, so that Othniel overpowered him. Then the land was peaceful forty years, and Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Very brief description here of Othniel's ministry. But you have a, a picture of how to seek grace from God. Uh, what do we need from God when we come to him for grace? There are several things we see here. First of all, we need God's compassion. God's compassion. The Israelites cried out to the Lord. Did you know we need to cry out to the Lord when we need him? His compassion is stirred for us. And, and, and one of the themes is that the, the lack of genuine repentance for Israel over and over again in the book of Judges and even here as they cry out to the Lord. Finally in chapter 10, God says, you're crying out to me. Go, go to the idols that you've been worshiping and ask them for help. And, you know, he's tired of it. They keep coming, crying out to God, crying out to God. But says they put away their idols and God's heart was stirred again toward them. Yep, there's something about the heart of God when he sees his people in distress and in trouble. He is moved inside his heart toward us. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You ever... Uh, seen something happen with one of your kids maybe they're going through a rough time and your heart just moved for them um, that's the way that God deals with us he has a heart of compassion for us um, you see uh, God's compassion on Judas as Jesus washes his feet uh, even even in in the uh, things that Jesus says and that Jesus does and the way he treats Judas, you see the compassion of God for sinners. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That shows the compassion of God. We were talking about in the book of Jeremiah today in Sunday school about the fact that um, Israel had sinned and sinned and sinned against God. But God says, I am going to take the initiative. I am going to make a new covenant with you. I am going to change you from the inside out. I'm going to give you a new heart. See, this is the compassion of of God. And so when you're in trouble, cry out to God. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I, I came across this little book. It's about that thick. Um, and it's by Bill Gothard, and it's entitled Crying Out. And it's, it's a survey of all the scriptures where people cried out to God and how God answered his people when they cried out to him. So uh, 
the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But in this case, the fervent prayer of somebody who wasn't all that righteous availed much. The compassion of God came to his people. The Lord is rich in mercy, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, the scripture teaches. Did he discipline them? Of course he did. You, you see that in the first couple of verses here. But you don't see the compassion of God drying up. I think that's hope for our country. God is a God of compassion. And so as God's people, if my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So cry out to God in your trouble. Cry out to God even when you're not right with God. Especially when you're not right with God. Can I tell you, sometimes when we're not right with God, what do we want to do? We want to stop having devotions, stop going to church, stop interacting with people who are going to ask us about our spiritual life, right? But actually, the opposite is what we need. We need actually to come to God and say, Lord, here's where I am. Here I, I, I have a sinful heart. God, I have no desire for you. I, I don't want to follow you. God... Do spiritual surgery on me. I'm in need of your touch. I'm in need of your hand. We need to cry out to God. Um, sometimes we need other people to cry out to God on our behalf, don't we? Uh, but definitely, when you are struggling, come to God. You know, one of the things that I love about uh, being a Christian is the Bible says I'm clothed in the righteousness of Christ. So that means if I'm in the, the heat of a struggle, maybe... There's a temptation, or maybe there is something going on in my life. Maybe there, I'm struggling with anger or bitterness or whatever it is. Uh, I can go to God in boldness and say, Lord, here's where I'm at. Please send your spirit to help me overcome this sin in my life. And God doesn't look at me and say, well, Roger, you just need to get your act together first before you come to me in prayer. How, why, why should I help you with your heart being like that? God doesn't say that. Aren't you glad? <laughs> God, God uh, delights to, to meet us where we are in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the questions, in the midst of the confusion, and he is compassionate to us where we are. I'm so grateful for that. So when you're seeking grace from God, that's one of the things you need to seek is his compassion, and you do that by crying out to him in prayer. Secondly, uh, when you're seeking grace from God, you also need to seek God's Savior. God's Savior. Uh, it's, the scripture says, So the Lord raised up Othniel. Othniel was going to be the deliverer of the people of Israel. And of course, Jesus is our deliverer. Um, he is our Savior. Isn't that a great name for Jesus? He's the one who saves, he saves us from sin. Um, he saves us for our home in heaven. But he also saves us throughout the de everyday details of our lives. Somebody once said your salvation is past, present, and future. It's past because it happened the moment I trusted Christ. It's present because God's saving work continues throughout my life. And it's future because one day the trumpet's going to sound and Jesus is going to come back. And I'm going to have the full benefits of that salvation. Uh, but throughout the details of my life, I need Jesus' help. But God also sometimes will send individuals into our lives.
just like he did with Othniel. Um, he'll send maybe um, a gift, uh, a financial gift, or maybe uh, someone uh, will do something on your behalf. But God will come into your situation and he'll provide something for you. And so what do you do with that? Or someone for you? You, you take him up on the offer. <laughs> and you, uh, uh, what if the Israelites had said, well, Othniel, we, do, we just really, we don't really like you all that much. And uh, we, we think we can, we can handle this on our own. And uh, so do what you want to do, but we're not following you. you know? No, no they, had, they had a heart. They'd been crying out to God. And when they cried out to God and God sent them Othniel, they listened to Othniel. And they followed him into battle. And so uh, Othniel was God's savior. And so sometimes God will send people into your life. And, and sometimes it may be multiple people that he'll send in your life. And you begin to hear the same thing over and over again from different people. Have you ever been defensive about something? You just really didn't want to hear about it? You know? Have you ever said, don't talk to me about that? You know? and, uh, you know, and, and you just don't want to hear it. But somehow you keep hearing about it. You, you read about it in your quiet time. You hear about it on the radio. Uh, a friend talks to you about it. A family member talks about it. And you finally, okay, God, you're talking to me. I understand that. <laughs> I get the message, and, and hopefully you listen to that, and you, you respond, and you take that as something that's helpful for your life. Um, sometimes it can be something that God points out in our lives, but other times it can be a word of encouragement or, or something that he brings into your life to help you in your situation. Uh, God knows how to help us in the specific ways that we need it. I remember uh, hearing the story about Corey Ten Boom in the airport, and she's, she's got a, a suitcase full of Bibles. And uh, the, the man is coming who's examining the bags, and one of the things they're looking for is Bibles. And she, said, she prays silently to God, Lord, please help me. Uh, help him not to check my bag. And uh, he checks the person in front of her, and he walks by her and checks the person behind her, and he skips her. I'll tell you something. We got, a, we got a God who knows how to meet our need. He knows how to respond to our prayers. He knows exactly what we need. Um, Daniel gets thrown in the, in the lion's den. God knew exactly what to do in the situation. He sent his angel, his Powerful as lions are, they're not more powerful than God's angel. And God shut the mouths of the lions. He provided exactly what Daniel need, needed in, the, in that time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the fire. God sends a deliverer, a savior, who walks with them through the midst of that fire. And the only thing that burns off are the, the bonds that are holding them. God knows exactly what you need in your circumstances. He knows exactly how to supply it. And so go to him out to him and uh, then when he sends whatever it is or whoever it is in your life have your ears open if you've asked for God to help you have your ears open and your heart willing uh, to respond to the help he sends and if you're uncertain whether it's from him ask him ask him to give you a peace uh, Colossians says let the peace of God reign in your heart so, uh, what do we need to seek when we're seeking grace from God? First of all, God's compassion. Secondly, God's Savior. Thirdly, God's Spirit. God's Spirit. Look at verse 10. The Spirit of the Lord came on him. Now, we know some good things about Othniel because we heard about him earlier, and we, we know that he's a man of faith and he's a man of courage. 
But apparently this enemy was a very powerful enemy. We're not exactly certain uh, who he was because his name, Doubly Wicked Cushan, is probably a nickname that they gave him, okay? Uh, but uh, whoever he was, he was powerful because he had come in there and subjugated them and the peoples around them for eight years. But Othniel, when the Spirit of God comes upon him, has the power to overcome him. It's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Um, when we do anything for God, we need the Spirit of God. Yeah, I think God shows me more and more how much I need him. You know? You'd think you'd begin to feel stronger, like I got this thing wired, you know, the longer you serve God. The opposite's true, I think, for me. The more I the more I follow Christ, the more I realize, buddy, I haven't got this thing wired. I need God and I need him in a big way. And uh, and you you know, you realize there, we really can't do anything without him. That's what Jesus said. And so, uh, if we're going to pray, how do we pray? Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. You're going to witness. How do you witness? Yeah, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to win anybody with clever arguments and apologetics alone. You have to have the Spirit of God. And uh, uh, how are you going to pray? The Spirit of God. How are you going to minister to people in a way that, that really helps them? The Spirit of God. Uh, you know, sometimes there's that just that right word that somebody needs to hear. How do you, how do you find that right word? We well, don't. I mean, the Holy Spirit leads you in that. And so, um, in, in every part, how do you have victory over sin? The Holy Spirit. Every aspect and part of your Christian life, your family life, your church life, your vocational life. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not ashamed to say... When I was a mechanic and I was puzzled, I'd pray for a solution. I'd say, Lord, I, I don't have a clue. Would you please give me wisdom and understanding in how to do this job? Listen, if, uh, if Othniel needed God to win a battle, we need him in the daily events in our lives. Um, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so uh, Jesus also said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Uh, these these uh, apostles that were weak and stumbling for Jesus now have the power of God. And they're standing in boldness against persecution. Uh, and, and the gospel is spreading and thousands of people are being saved. And it's not because of something in them. The spirit of God has come down upon them. And now they are living in his strength and his energy and his power. And it's completely different. That's where I want to live. I want to live in the middle of that. And uh, I'm learning. But I want to learn more. Amen? Let God live through me. Not, not my uh, power, but your power through me. Uh, so that, that I can win the victory. And so we need God's grace in, in anything that we're doing. In anything that we're facing. You can ask God's help in small things, like finding a parking place. I do that, okay? I'm, I'm not ashamed. Some people say, God doesn't care. He's got better things to be concerned about than whether or not you got a parking space. Well, that's probably true. 
But if he cares about how many hairs are on my head, he probably cares whether or not I get a parking space. And so I ask him for it. And, uh, uh, you know, everything that you have in your life, take it to him. Ask God to live through you. Um, ask him for the grace that you need. He is able to supply exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And so uh, seek him for that. So what do we need? We need God's compassion. We need God's Savior. We need God's Spirit. And finally, we need God's direction. We need God's direction. Now, this is, this is implied here. It's very brief. Verse 10 says, he judged Israel. Well, how does a person lead the people of God? Well, we know from other, other uh, cases of godly leaders that followed him, what would they do? What did Moses do? He wouldn't ask God. He wouldn't ask God. He wouldn't ask God. Um, you remember the time they said, uh, you know, you, you, you brought us out here in the wilderness to die. And, you know, we're so sick of this manna. We're so sick of, of not finding water. And, and, you know, it says they were about to stone him. And, and Moses goes to God. He said, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, God gives him some instructions. And he goes and he, he, he uh, follows the instructions. And, and the situation works out. What do you find David doing? Same thing. Lord, you know, should I go up to this city or should I not? Yeah, I mean, you see it over and over again. They, they're seeking God's direction uh, in their lives. And so uh, the, the, the fact that you're judging uh, Israel or leading, a judge was both a leader as well as somebody that handled disputes and so forth, um, means that you're seeking God. Abraham Lincoln um, I was reading in a book that I, this past week, uh, said, you know, I, I wouldn't try to handle the, the, the problems and the, the issues that I'm facing without seeking guidance from God. Um, this, is, this has been the heart of, of godly leaders throughout history. And so they're seeking God's direction. We need to do the same thing. Uh, whatever it is that's before you, seek his direction through his word. Uh, through the Holy Spirit's prompting and leadership in your heart. Um, sometimes what I found is, is you'll seek God's leadership, the counsel of people, not always, but, but sometimes the counsel of people, the word of God, the impression upon your heart through the spirit of God, those things end up lining up and the circumstances will fall into place. And then sometimes that doesn't happen at all. And uh, you have, uh, some, you have uh, 12 different opinions when you ask 12 different people. Uh, so, but but uh, have your heart open uh, to notice what God is doing uh, in these different things, but especially listen to his spirit and even more, listen to his word because his word is the unchanging foundation and the rock upon which we build our lives. And so um, he, he says he judged Israel, but it also says he went out to battle. He went out to battle. Now, there's some things that you do, and you just need skills to do it. Other things are a battle. And a battle can, can be in different areas of your life. You can have a spiritual battle, right? 
you can have a battle maybe in your family. The holidays are right around the corner, right? Uh, it's ripe with opportunity, hopefully not for battles, but you know how that goes sometimes. And so um, uh, what do you do? Battles at work. You got somebody that hates your guts. Uh, I was listening to the radio this past week, and they were talking about uh, people that have scared you half to death at work. <laughs> and I, was, I thought that was funny. You know, they were telling different stories about these people that were doing all these crazy things at work. Yeah, the battle at work. Uh, maybe it's a battle with yourself. Somebody once said, my greatest problem is me. <laughs> and, and you're just struggling with that battle. But whatever the battle is, God gives guidance in battle. Um, you remember what Jonathan and his armor bearer did? Saul, Saul didn't have the courage to go and fight these Philistines, but Jonathan and his armor bearer go up the hill. And uh, apparently John, God's been talking to Jonathan, and, and uh, Jonathan says, well, if you hear the rustling in the bushes that ahead of us, then God's gone ahead of us to fight the Philistines, and we'll go up and we'll defeat them. And, and they hear the rustling in the bushes, so they go up, and Jonathan and his armor bearer, it's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I mean, they just clean house. And... Uh, and, and, and they defeat all of these Philistines. Why? Because they were seeking God's guidance in battle. Sometimes God will guide you by telling you not to go. Um, the Israelites went to Ai, right? And they lost. They just defeated Jericho, this great big city and. Had this great military victory. Now they go to little old puny Ai. And they get schooled in the art of warfare. I mean, they, they're running with their tails between their legs. And they're like, what is going on? But they didn't seek God before they went up to battle. And Joshua's, Joshua's panicking. He's like, what's going on? You know, he falls on his face. And God says, get off your face. There's sin in the camp, you know. And so if he'd have gone to God, he got direction in the battle, he'd have known it wasn't time to go up to battle. <coughs> God told Gideon, <coughs> you got too many. You're not going to win the battle unless you get rid of all these people. <laughs> I, I'm so glad I wasn't Gideon in that situation. You know, you've got all these, the hosts of Midian, the hosts of Midian. It says over and over again, and you got Gideon, his little puny army of 300 men but that was the way God led them in the battle and God gave them a victory he struck the, the opposing army <clears throat> and they killed each other isn't that the kind of battle you like you, know, you don't even have to break a sweat God just takes care of it for you it's amazing what God will take care of you just in prayer so we'll take care of for you in prayer if you just ask him to seek his direction Sometimes he'll say, be quiet and wait. Wait on me. Um, so <clears throat> seek God's guidance in, in the battles in your life if it's a family situation. I heard a mother one time talking about the problem she had with her teenage daughter. <clears throat> heard this on, I think, James Dobson or somewhere. somewhere. Anyway, <clears throat> she was, said she was in her prayer time. She was just asking God, Lord, I don't know what to do with my daughter. I've tried everything I know how to try. 
it seems like we just have a, an adversarial relationship and I, I can't get through to her. I don't know what to do, God. Would you show me what to do? And God just impressed upon her heart that her daughter didn't feel loved. And she was kind of confused about that. She said, well, God, I love my daughter. And, you know, and he said, she doesn't feel loved. And so in the next few days, she began to go out of her way to show love to her daughter. And one day her daughter just broke down in tears. And, 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 began, and the relationship was restored. Why? Because God knew what was in the heart of her daughter. You see, sometimes we, <clears throat> we try to do things in our own strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And so um, seek God in those struggles that you have in your family, in those struggles... Uh, that you have at work and uh, <clears throat> ask God specifically to deal with things and, and to guide you in these situations and he can bring some great victories about in your life. Um, isn't it interesting that Jesus <clears throat> didn't heal people a lot of times uh, exactly in the same way? You ever thought about that? Uh, sometimes he would just speak uh, sometimes he would touch them. One of the grossest ones was he, he spit in the mud, you know, and he made a paste, and he put it on their eyes and uh, be healed, you know. And uh, what's that about? <clears throat> well, there's some different, different theories about why. <clears throat> why Jesus did these things. But have you ever noticed that in the book of Acts, a lot of times they don't share the gospel exactly the same way. Why is that? You ever ask that question? I used to get real distressed about it because I, I like to have a category. I guess it may be the, the teacher gift or something. You know, I, It used to frustrate me. Well, God, why aren't they doing it the same way? It should be just lined out, you know? And why? And I didn't understand it. But that's why they needed the Holy Spirit. See... The Holy Spirit knew exactly what those people were dealing with. He knew exactly what they needed to hear. And so as they sought God's direction in how they shared the gospel, um, in, in Jesus' case, in how he healed, uh, in, in whatever the situation may be, they even dealt with church problems differently. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But uh, Matthew 18 is a, is a famous place. You know, you go to the person privately, then you go with a brother, and then you take it to the church or church leaders or whatever is meant by that. And so that's one thing that God gives as a way to handle issues in church. There's another scripture that says, a troublemaker after the first and second admonition reject. So there's no mention of the other stuff. Um... God tells Titus, or Paul tells Titus in his letter uh, to Titus, rebuke these people sharply. He tells Timothy, uh, appeal to these older men with respect. Uh, teach gently these people who've been led astray into false doctrine. You see how that works? There's different, all these different ways of dealing with these problems. Why? 
that ever make you scratch your head? Have you ever read one of those scriptures and you thought, well, God, you said this over here. Why is it this way over here? See, it's the Holy Spirit. And he knows exactly how to deal with these different issues in the lives of these different churches. He knows the specific situation. So we need direction from God. And, and direction comes through his word. Direction also comes through his spirit as we seek him in prayer. So uh, if you need grace from God, praise God, he gives it. Amen. Uh, grace, abundant grace. Uh, more than enough grace. So what do we need to seek from him? His compassion, his Savior, his Spirit, and his direction. And as we do, God will work in our situation and we'll see him take care of things in our lives. Um, sometimes he'll, he'll remove us from the situation. Sometimes he'll carry us through. But he will work and he'll move and he'll show himself great. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And uh, Father, just help us to seek grace from you on a regular basis in our lives. Help us not to uh, become so self-confident and self-reliant, God, that we forget that our feet are of clay and that we need you. Help us trust you and to walk by faith and not by sight and uh, to seek this grace from you through your spirit.